Hello and welcome to TBR Spotlight from the Big Review Ski, your companion podcast to Loki on Disney+. Plus. Today we're obsessing over episode three, Lamentus. My name's Owen and there's Rory. It looks like Rory. Does it, does it sound like Rory? Am I a robot Rory? Secretly a robot Rory? It's not even robot Am Rory. Lady Rory? It's Lady Rory, it's Variant Rory, it's, you might just be a figment of my imagination or some kind of illusion that you've created. I do created. get that a lot. <laughs> that guy's that guy's not actually there. Well, hello Rory, if that even is your real name, how are you? I'm good, Owen, I'm good. Um, I was anticipating this episode to be like a, like a breather episode, you know, like a, a, a kind of a narrative dump episode and it was exactly that it was uh, a lot of long conversations between i knew the second he went to that portal i was like oh these are just going to be talking a lot for this episode aren't they um and the one thing that like i know we're going to get to it eventually but i'm going to get to it right now um don't name your planet lamentus if you don't <laughs> want it to end badly that would be my advice. Don't name a thing. Like, don't name your kid Sinestro and then be surprised when he's evil. Don't name your <laughs> planet did. Lamentus and then expect a happy ending. Um, I did have that written down because I was like, whenever <laughs> I was, ooh, ooh, what's the name of this episode, Lamentus? And then obviously when that reveal does come, I was like, who was in charge of the <laughs> planning permission here? here? Yeah. <laughs> Who's responsible for this catastrophe? But um, yeah, as you said, they really did dump the narrative uh, all over this episode, which was shorter than uh, the previous two as well in the series. Yeah, well, it is essentially almost a 200 for, for yes. the most part. We do see that uh, Sylvie, as we now know her, or as she's self-proclaiming to be, uh, pops through the thing into the TVA, immediately realises her powers don't work there, kicks the head off anyone who crosses her path. Uh, Loki follows through, snatches the knives from the locker, um, follows her, they have a little scrap. Uh, Kugu and Batha raw rocks up with her, yeah. her time stick, and I was like, oh, you guys are in trouble, ah! And I was then, so excited. And then they like, escape immediately. Um, right off the bat, you do notice a lack of Mobius, don't you? You do. So, he's a mm. gaping hole in the episode. It's like, where's Owen Wilson? Where's that unique charm? Um, so, yeah, like him not being in this episode is uh, evidence of how brilliant he is in the show. Yeah, and how well himself and Tom Hiddleston have been working together so far yep. uh, in the first two episodes. Um, just before we get into our, our big proper deep dive and breakdown, um, there were three quick things uh, I wanted to mention, if that's okay with you. And I don't want to put unnecessary pressure on you, but I got a text from a friend mm -hmm. during the week who said that their absolute favorite thing of the first two episodes so far, uh, listening back, is just he just loves Rory's big swing. <laughs> and even he even has he's like hashtag he's like i need more of hashtag rory's big swing so um i'm hoping maybe there are some big swings if even just one big massive swing today potentially yeah like it's um we'll, we'll get to them eventually like i think there are at least two big talking points in this episode one of which is a big swing even i didn't see coming Okay. Um so that that's fun. That would be fun to talk about. And maybe like as we as we tease it apart, a secondary big swing of my own will <laughs> arrive. But um 
No, there's just nothing. Nothing is immediately coming to mind. I do have like I've got notes. I've got notes on notes on notes oh. on this one. But happy days. None of them are necessarily big swings of mine. They're just stuff that has arrived in the show on its own. So, but thank you to whoever your friend is. Was it me? Did I text you? It, 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 it wasn't you. Swing? No, I, surprise, surprise. I do have another friend, and it oh. was him. It was Mickey. So, uh, thank you, Mickey. Mickey there. So the second point uh, I wanted to make, and we kind of we've mentioned it already. You said uh, Sylvie, yeah. who Sofia De Martino is self-proclaiming her character to be in this. She hates hates when she gets called Loki mm. by Loki. Uh, who she, interestingly, she refers to Tom Hiddleston's Loki as the variant as well, uh, which is a nice uh, twisty turnaround. But this was a theory that kind of dropped during the week. And it wasn't even a theory. It was like, oh, has somebody made a mistake? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it felt like an accident, which appears to have been updated. And it was not even in the, obviously, with any Marvel property, uh, everybody is you know, crawling all over the credits to see if there are any clues there. And there often are. Um with the films, but also with uh, with the shows that have already happened and also with Loki as well. But this wasn't even in the normal, inverted commas, Marvel credits. No. This was in the, the foreign language dubbing credits for uh, the voice uh, actors from around the world. And uh, it was essentially, instead of being called the variant in in one of the, the language dubs, it, it said the name Sylvie. Yeah. And then people were like, oh my God, Sylvie. And then for the uninitiated like me, I was like, who the heck is Sylvie? So who was Sylvie? Well, Sylvie uh, goes by another name in the MCU, uh, a, a character called Enchantress, um, who it does feel like for this, they've kind of mushed Enchantress and Lady Loki together to into one character because across this episode, she doesn't seem to, she, she gets annoyed being called Loki, but it does seem like she was Loki, but doesn't mm. want to be Loki anymore. So... I don't think she isn't Loki, but she just doesn't like being called that anymore. We don't know why yet, I don't think. Um, and she seems to have had a completely different life, like when they talk about their mothers. Yeah. We get a, an insight into, into her life and stuff, and their powers are different as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, if you look up, like, Wikipedia, I guess, Enchantress and Marvel... You'll get an insight into into that particular character, and she does have strong ties uh, to the comic book version of Loki. But it doesn't look like that's the route they're taking there, because that's that's a very different path entirely. Um, and it's not it's not something that we've ever seen from the movie version of Loki so far. So I don't think I think it's just going to be like a, an amalgamation. And the third and final thing uh, from the past week gone by was uh, Fiona who. Uh, edits a lot of the videos that we work on as well and she's mm. a massive marvel fan and she's watching loki as well she actually sent us on another clip of another theory where people were speculating that the entirety of loki and the tva actually takes place within the quantum realm because in ant-man and the wasp there was a, a snippet a shot of a city off in the distance in the quantum realm and people are thinking do you know what time moves differently in the quantum realm time moves differently here according to owen wilson's mobius as well so could that potentially be a plausible theory do you reckon that we're in the quantum realm yeah like we there's also the the look forward because we know ant-man and the wasp three quantum mania is Mm -hmm. apparently going to be sell a lot in the quantum realm and the baddie who we'd mentioned previously on this uh podcast for that is kind of conqueror who again if you're naming your kids 
Just don't <laughs> be surprised by the outcome. Oh, his parents just wanted to achieve something. Yeah, maybe. Just wanted to uh, really conquer that soup and sandwich. Good for you, Kang. Exactly. You did it. Uh, yeah, so he's going to be the the big bad in that. And there, if you look at the comic book, we haven't seen him yet in the MCU. But if you look at the comic book uh, versions of him, like how he's drawn, the, he looks a lot like one of the three, I keep trying to call them Time Lords, but that's not right. One of the three the Time, time Lizards. Time Keepers. <laughs> Space Lizards, that's it, yeah. Uh, he looks a lot like one of them. Um, so there is... And we'd previously mentioned that uh, Gugu Mbatha Ra's character, uh, Renslayer, has a history with him as well. So it's all kind of tying together. How much of that they'll do in season one of Loki remains to be seen, but it is, uh, it's, a, it's a strong theory. Okay, enough of all that waffle then. No, ah. we're straight into the episode. Oh, I, mean, I was mainly referring to myself there. You're, you're waffle free, <laughs> don't worry. Um, so previously... Uh, in episode two of Loki, uh, basically everything went to shit because somebody just bombed the sacred timeline and every, everybody's uh, like freaking out, essentially. Uh, Loki follows uh, Lady Loki slash Sylvie through this portal because at that time we're not sure who she is. But then this opening scene that we get at the start of this episode, we get Sophia DiMartino and Sasha Lane, who plays C20, um, yes. sitting like... Two girly best friends having cocktails. And I was like, this is lovely. This is nice. And then obviously the fool, the naive fool in me, I was like, oh my God, is this a flashback? Is this one of the reasons why were they best friends before all of this? What's going on here? And then it's all normal. It's fun. They're having a good time. And then suddenly everything just starts to take a sinister twist. And the whole scene just goes boom and changes again into like another club. And I was like, hey, we're back in a club again. This is so normal. And I fell for it again. But what did you think of this uh, Inception style opening where they're like, I need to get this information out of your head? Yeah, like, I, I well, I knew immediately there was some, something was up um, uh, when Sasha Lane was smiling because we've only exclusively <laughs> seen her be very, very angry in the show yes. so far. Um, so yeah, I knew there was something whack. And also the opening song, um, is a song called Demons by, I think her name is Hayley Kakiro. Mm-hmm. Um, and the chorus is, uh, I've got demons in my head. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice and on, a, on the nail there. Yeah. It's like a real like upbeat pop song until you actually listen to the lyrics and it's about, um, like depression and anxiety and stuff and. So you're like, oh, and also literal demons are in your head right now because she's yeah. uh, incepting you. But yeah, no, it was it was interestingly done, and it, it it's explained better in hindsight when Lady Loki or Sylvie kind of explains it later on in the episode. Um, for a big revelation, but we'll get to that later. Yes, yes, we'll get yes. To that later, but right at that it, time, I was like, okay, so she's just kind of popping into people's minds and. Stealing information, yeah. and but uh, but then I was like, how does she know where the lift? Like there are lifts. She was like, where do I get the golden elevator? I was like, how do you know there's a golden elevator? How do you know there well, is a lift to take? Well, maybe that was something that C twenty had revealed just in a previous. Maybe they were on that. Mm-hmm. That was one of their previous cocktails, or maybe they, they, were, they were doing shots just before that. Who knows? Who knows? You know, and she spilled some of that info. So that's actually a wee overlap because that happens before the end of last week's episode. Because mm. then all the events uh, in the in the Roxcart Big Mall. Uh, takes place and then we're into this brand new episode as you mentioned um this is when uh sylvie breaks into the tva discovers 
Uh, and again, that's a surprise to her that her powers don't work and she's just going to have to go. Like, it's really handy that she knows how to absolutely beat the crap out of Lance as yeah. well. Like, she's a really good fighter, so that does come and help. And she seems to, again, revel in just killing people around her as well. There's a moment when she has one of those uh, time baton sticks, one of the weapons, and she gets the guys and she essentially does like a, a mic drop. And she's like, yeah, that's you, sorted. Um, and then all the time we're getting this... Um, the TVA with their very kind of uh, bureaucratic offices and files and systems. And you get this PA announcement. It's just like, protect the timeline, protect the timeline, constantly just like running in the back. But I did love that Loki, um, having had his uh, his daggers, his beloved daggers confiscated, he was like, <laughs> there's nobody here to stop me this time. And he just uh, goes to get them. So what do you think about this? Because uh, this is the first time they're they're confronting each other since their Zodiac serial killer style <laughs> conversation in the previous episode. This is like a bit more, they're actually testing each other's action capabilities here as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, I think I didn't, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like at the start of it, I was like, all right, this is interesting enough, I guess. And, and then, like I said, like Renslayer shows up and they're all kind of worried where they can go, and then they pop through the portal and they land on Lamentis. And from that point on, I was like, this feels like a Doctor Who episode. Right, okay. I don't know. The vibe completely changed. Um, I don't know. I I didn't. I Maybe it's because, you know, if you hang out with someone and they're too much like you that you actually don't enjoy their company? Yes. I think because the two of them were so similar... And they were con- like they just seemed to be holding knives to each other's throat for like the entire episode, and constantly threatening to kill each other, and constantly like, I don't know if I could trust you. Well, I don't know if I could trust you. At the end, I was like, uh, like I don't know if I actually enjoyed seeing the two of them together, um, because they were so similar, and because the constant threat of backstabbery was just always looming that I didn't really have anywhere to go. Does that make sense? It it really does because there's a different kind of feeling when you're watching this show where um, when it was WandaVision, you're kind of looking and going, oh, I wonder there's definitely certain elements of illusion or something has been created here. And you're questioning things, but you're not questioning absolutely everything because you know that some stuff is grounded in reality. Um, similarly with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know that that's even more grounded in reality uh, with very, I'm trying to think, was there even, I mean, the super soldiers, but they're not necessarily magic. But um but in this one, I think there's just literally every single frame that's on screen, every single moment, every scene, every conversation. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know if this is happening. <laughs> I don't know if this is real. I mean, I'm enjoying this part, but I, I, I don't know if this is really happening. So I know what you mean. Plus, because they are so similar in their characteristics that they're both brilliant at like, I was thinking about it, like on Lamentus, what they basically have to keep avoiding is like giant meteorites crashing from the sky and amazing one-liners from each other as well where they just like you know he saves their life and she's like i didn't need you to save me he's like you're so weird you know just as they're running along and stuff as well and there's funny moments like that but but i do know what you mean that as a for the runtime of the episode it's like okay we we get it um that's the way their characters are but i suppose if that's the way they are that's the way they're going to behave until they can 
figure out whether they can trust each other uh, at all. What we do get um, when they do land on on Lamentis, uh, the amazingly named Lamentis, slightly different formatting of the name. Uh, I don't know if it means anything, but you know, with previous locations that we've had uh, mentioned throughout the first two episodes, they just they had this one appear differently. It's up two thousand and seventy-seven. Uh, so that's like what? What are we now? Two thousand? Where are we? Two thousand twenty-one? Fifty years? I don't know if I've got fifty years left of me, but you never know. We might be. We might be still around for this whenever. We'll be doing uh, whenever Loki it, season four in twenty seventy seven. Yeah, whenever it potentially happens. But what we start to get is uh, an insight into Sylvie's plan. She was like, "This plan was years in the meeting." Or in the meeting? <laughs> well, actually, maybe that uh, <laughs> is kind of a Freudian slip because they have this kind of uh, weirdly intimate scene. Didn't like it. You didn't like this didn't because like I was like. I started questioning, okay, so how does this work here? Because are they the same person? They're not. Are they the same? They're just different versions of the same person. But like, (laughs) they got quite close. They got quite intimate as well. And if this, if you didn't know that like, oh, they're both uh, versions of Loki or variants of Loki, you'd be like, hey, this is an interesting meet cute where they hate each other at the start and then they inevitably fall for each other as well. But no, this is, (laughs) this wasn't working for you. No, no. Uh, And again, I kind of understood it because it does like bleed into Loki's narcissism and (laughs) love for himself. So it would make a certain amount of sense that he would want to bone himself or at least a version of himself. But (laughs) the whole vibe, I was like, I know this, I know, I know fundamentally they're not the same person. But in my mind, when they were talking, I I can't explain why, but it felt like they were brother and sister. I know what you mean. And then yeah, when yeah, they were yeah. when you were when the weird sexual tension arose, I was like, I don't like this at all. I hate this. <laughs> um so yeah, no, I didn't care for that at all. But uh I do enjoy that like at the start when they landed, they're like, Run for your life. Oh my god, there's asteroids all over the place. There's nowhere safe. And then they have their little shot in the in the metal hus and they're like, We need to recharge the teleporter the thing. And they're like, okay, how do we do that? And she's like, oh, well, there's uh, the uh, skate pod, I guess. Or no, there's a town nearby, and we can use the power from there. And from that point on, they're just kind of strolling through a falling asteroid (laughs) field. It was like, well, it seemed to be a problem a while ago, but now I guess you can just dodge them as they come down. And it's it's only as pressing a problem as the scene requires it to be. Well, as we said, we, we needed to have a narrative dump, so the, mm. the meteorites kindly held off for this uh, this period of time. Although I did enjoy how Loki did say to Sylvie, he was like, why can't you just enchant me now and you do the walking and then just wake me whenever we get there, which I appreciated because I was like, that, was, that would probably be... Also, I thought ask. he could teleport. Is that, a, is that a thing I made up? So the, there's, there's things where they seem to choose to use their powers at various points. And I'm wondering, do they have the same ability to use each other's powers and they just haven't learned how to do it yet? Yeah. Um. And, you know, as they were growing up in this conversation that they have later in the episode, when they're both talking about their, they're getting nostalgic about their own childhoods. And, uh, and he's saying, how did you learn how to do that? Magic's just, I, I just learned myself. Um. So I felt like maybe there's, a way that each of them can learn the abilities or the skills of the others as well, potentially. Mm. Um, and then, sure, later on in the episode, uh, Loki stops this massive falling, crashing tower uh, from from landing on top of them. And I was like, Gee, I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't know he could do that. I know he like, uh, like uh, telekinetically grabbed a, a Hoover or something in the first, in the second episode, but I didn't know he could he could stop things like uh, like Jedi mind trick style as well yeah. uh, in that kind of way, but. 
as you said, they're kind of they're walking along. They need to recharge the temp pad. They come across this little shack uh, initially where they're both just obviously testing out each other's. She wants to go in, kick the door down, get shot in the stomach. Fair enough. Uh, and he's like, you know, you need a little bit more uh, guile uh, and class than that. Uh, and then obviously his way fails as well. Um, whenever he tries to describe or disguise himself as as we Patrice, but this is where. It's kind of constant, like we we MacGuffins in this episode. Your woman's like, you need to get to the Ark, the evacuation vessel, um, which then uh, obviously is the next step of their journey, which started to feel pretty Snowpiercer, which is a nice kind of reference point to get, except only the wealthy people are getting on here, not the poor people. Yeah, um, so they, they both use their powers to kind of sneak on board um, the, the train. Uh, did you notice the names of the two guards? No, what were their names? Hudson and Hicks. Hudson and... Oh, no. Remind me. That's two of the uh, aliens. Like, it's Hudson and Hicks are two of the the soldiers, the colonial marines from from aliens. I was like, oh my god, he nodded towards aliens, I'm losing my mind. (laughs) Well, for everybody, for a bit of context, aliens is pretty much, it's like your favourite film. Yes, yeah. So So, I actually, like, in the end credits, I was like, did I mishear that? And I watched it, I was like, no, it's it's super Hudson and Hicks. Oh, that's class, that's a nice wee reference point, all right. Really appreciated that. So they got on, and Owen, Owen, tell me this. Mm -hmm. Tell me this. You need, say there's asteroids, I'm gonna put you. I'm gonna put you in a in a little hypothetical. Okay. Say there's asteroids falling asteroids. from the sky. Mm-hmm. You've no idea where they're gonna land. Yeah. At all. Anytime, any place. Who knows? What would you say is the least flexible form of transport to get from one point <laughs> to another? Should suddenly hmm. an asteroid fall in your path? It's a tough hypothetical situation mm. that you put me in. But yep. um, <laughs> go maybe a train on a fixed track uh, that has no nowhere else to go. Nowhere else, but again, nowhere to go. But what, maybe what are you thinking? again, we we don't we don't know who was responsible for the planning permission and naming of uh, this particular location. Mm. But maybe their strength wasn't in naming places. Maybe their strength was in knowing uh, the falling pattern of <laughs> asteroids and meteorites. And they knew this maybe. train. This train is not getting hit in any way whatsoever. I did like. When they were getting on the train, uh, that they had to use a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B, like yep. combine their part. And obviously, that's just the writers building up to the fact, it's like, hey, look what happens when you two start to work together. Which obviously, they they used a lot in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well, where they're reluctant uh, to actually uh, work together. So then we get on to uh, the arc. Um, and again, we get some nice little character insights. It's like, I can't sit backwards on trains. I know people like that who <laughs> can do or can't do that on buses and trains as well. Um, and then also start to talk about their past and interestingly talk about uh, their mothers and how uh, it seems that Sylvie found out from a young age that she was adopted. And obviously this hits Loki in a certain way because that, that was such a massive turning point in his life. And obviously uh made up a, a massive plot point in the, in the first Thor film as well and one of the reasons like he didn't feel like he was fully part of of Asgard or Odin's son essentially but um some nice little details here again Loki showing off his powers and creating fireworks in his hand which was a nice effect and you're like yeah well how's that going to come in handy because then it just doesn't come in handy no <laughs> later he does, he does on it by accident episode. later when he's drunk which is <laughs> yeah exactly funny. although that is funny because he is drunk and not uh in total full, control of his part. As he thinks. Oh, I'm, just the, I'm just full. Oh, yeah. That, I'm just full. I'm <laughs> just really, really full. 
think we've all used that excuse. But it's interesting. There was a moment here, uh, and it was actually during this conversation when they're mm. sitting on the train that I had a little moment and I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Are you ready for Owen's big swing? Or can I can I jump in here with an with an oh, Owen's gosh. big swing? I mean, yeah. I, I don't know I don't know how to swing bigger otherwise. Uh-huh. But uh, it I was mean, this me. moment when they were talking, yeah. um, that I thought, oh God, this isn't this isn't happening. None of this is happening. This is all we're back in the shack where she that intimate moment where she went up and, and kind of neck. put her hands on him and says it didn't work that she wasn't able to enchant him and he's like what do you think you're doing and then i just had him i was like wait what if it did work and she's in there for whatever reason this is because his mind is stronger Mm -hmm. she needs to have a way more elaborate scenario and everything as well but then i was thinking it's not really one of his memories that she's plucked out of his head as far as we know but no that was just a a moment in there so i don't know if i'm swinging a miss or what the story is there anyway i mean i think if the episode had ended differently then yes yeah uh it would definitely like again because there is that constant like can i trust anything i'm seeing probably not but i actually thought you're going to talk about his his own personal revelation that the internet is um, has immediately lost its mind over well this is a massive revelation because um they're talking about love a lot in this conversation talking about romance clunky clunky analogies (laughs) there's some clunky ones in there i think what does he say love is hate love is mischief he comes back later with love is a dagger she shoots him down invisible dagger Uh, yeah what imaginary dagger that's what it is but like the um but yeah she has the funny line about uh she maintained like a serious relationship with a with a postman (laughs) um you know just to to give it and then i was thinking do we know who that postman is is anybody that fits that bill in the in the mcu yeah no i i did try to look up marvel plus postman but um <laughs> there was just too many there was too many it might, options <laughs> it might be just like a really hot postman it could have been um, apocalypses remember um oh what was his name stan lee remember he 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 knocks oh, up he was at, a delivery guy he's like tony stank <laughs> That's so right. maybe she's Ma- dating that postman Maybe it's reincarnate, reincarnated Stanley. Yeah, that could work and get his cameo appearance uh, in the Loki TV series. But yes, the other big revelation takeaway because of this conversation, mm. Loki reveals uh, something about himself. He does, yeah. So he after um, Sylvie kind of jokes about her postman boyfriend, um, she then asks him, like, you know, as a prince, surely you must have had some princesses who are interested or perhaps a prince yourself mm-hmm. and she does like waggy eyebrows just yeah. to get across and he kind of does like a uh almost like a sultry smile for a second he's like both actually just like you i'm sure how about you you're a prince must have been would be princesses or perhaps another prince a bit of both I suspect the same as you, but nothing ever... Real. Just like that, without any, uh, you know, fanfare. fanfare or anything, it was just like Marvel have just made canonically Loki bisexual, the first major LGBTQI plus character in the MCU um, in the middle of Pride Month as well. So well-timed. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's... That's a because there's been talk. I know uh, Brian Tyree Henry's character in Eternals coming out in November is meant to have uh, Marvel's first gay on screen kiss, 
And right. there's talk that Tessa Thompson will be coming out as bisexual in, uh, what do you call it, Thor Love and Thunder in mm-hmm. 2022. But this kind of has beat them all to the punch because I was thinking even in the expanded uh, MCU universe, has there been like, you remember the way Star Wars dropped the ball with Rise of Skywalker? Where it was like, we are going to have our first gay thing. You just you just wait. And then it was two ladies <laughs> blurry in the background. In the background. Having like a smooch for half a second. Something that could be just snatched out for any cut yeah. in China or whatever. Anywhere in the world might get uh, offended. And people are like, are you, are you kidding me with this? So... I know it's not uh, actual like visual representation. Like he's, you don't see Loki smooching on anyone, but just the actual kind of outing is in itself a big deal because it is the first uh, major LGBTQIA plus character in the MCU. So congratulations, Marvel and Disney, you did it. It only yeah, it took only- you since two thousand and eight. Yeah, well I was going to say, it only took since 2008 plus 23, 24 odd films and three TV series. But hey, listen, uh, we got there. Um, but there, because we were talking about that previously in the end credits of episode one, where you do see in one of the files that uh, Loki is gender fluid. Mm. And then obviously the speculation around that was like, oh, that's because they can maybe bring in Lady Loki as one of the variants, which obviously is uh is is the path that they have gone down or a version of her enemy but as you said this was like you know done without any this is just a conversation mm. between two people and again two people who are the same in many ways and different in other ways and they still have to ask these questions and probing questions to find out about each other but as you said he just gives that little uh curled lip and just says, yeah a bit of both um as i'm sure you did too like so it's a Again, no, it like it, it fits perfectly for for Loki, and it is about time that they've they've managed to do it uh, and get it up on screen as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah. Um, if they do anything at all, or if they're like, okay, well, that's that done, and we, we did can it. Move on to that's something that else. box yeah. checked, guys. We did it exactly. Um, what we do get them following this scene is Sylvie uh, conks out. She has a wee rest. Again, narrative-wise, is this just to give us time to get Loki drunk, essentially? Because you're like, are you guys not like against the clock here and probably should just go and try and spend as much time trying to get your, your recharged temp pad uh, as much as possible? But when she does wake up, uh, we have Tom Hiddleston singing uh, Asgardian folk tunes. Now, I don't speak or sing Asgardian, so I'm no. not 100% sure. I know, surprising uh, what he was uh, actually singing about. Um, but it is, it's it's good to see Tom Hilson getting a chance to show off his, um, his singing abilities because he did play uh, Hank Williams uh, on the big screen as well. Like, so, oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's just like, oh, brilliant. Tom Hilson can, can do another thing amazingly. Fair right. play to you. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I put on the, um, I put on the uh, closed captions to see maybe if they would translate oh, yeah. it from Asgardian to English. They did not. Oh, um, okay. They also didn't have the closed captions on just when he was singing in English either. Right, so, okay. Uh, I'm sure give it 15 minutes and some some internet genius will have translated <laughs> it and it'll be all over Twitter and it'll likely be on Spotify before the end of the day is the most listened to new song of of of, of, uh, of of the day or whatever. But so that was fun. I liked his little Thor throwback when he smashed the cup and he's like, another yes, that was great. Another. Um I do enjoy that when he was drunk he he A forgot forgot how to dress i guess so he disguised himself in his security gear yes but then when he got drunk he went back to his 
TVA variant costume. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that is. Like, is that just what he has on? Actually, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, could he, he, could he not on. just have turned that back into anything? Like his 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 own Loki getup, or he he? I imagine he could have, uh, because he can obviously transform into into anybody or, or create that that illusion that he is anybody. But I imagine he didn't because he just, as you said, he was just drunk and he just forgot to mm. maintain the illusion. So if he's not maintaining the illusion, he's going to be wearing whatever he is really wearing in real life. Which, as we know, he went from the jumpsuit, or well, once he stripped off his as guardian uh, leather, hello internet, uh, <laughs> and put him in a in a jumpsuit, and then put him in the the very cool jacket with the the suit and tie, uh, or the shirt and tie. Um, yeah, I just think that's that's him. He's just let let the mask slip, literally, where he's just like, "Yep, yeah, this is me." Again, if it's not, it does seem to be natural, uh, yeah. as opposed to all a, a ploy for as part of a bigger plan. Yeah, and then he's trying to get Sylvie to taste some. Kind, it looks like a, a cake, and he's like, "This goes really well <laughs> with this booze." Who has the booze? Figgy nah, port. Where's, where's my figgy port? <laughs> uh, it was fine, and then he gets upset because he drops that drunkenly. And yeah. he, he almost looks like he's about to bend over to pick it up. He's like, it really would be a shame to let that go to waste. <laughs> it's like, he's a man after my own heart. Um, but, yeah, so then the security on board are like, hang on a second. Yeah. I don't think you're rich people from Lamentis at all. I think you might be totally not those people. And show me your ticket. And then he's too drunk to fake a ticket. Instead, he does fireworks. So you have to <laughs> kick everyone in the head. But then he also gets... Uh, kind of shot or thrown out a window. Um, I love the little, like, addition of the di- the line of dialogue for us. And he's like, basically, he's like, oh, no, he still has the teleported thing. I better jump after him. I was like, yeah, we know. We yeah, got we it. Know. You, don't, you don't have to remind us. So she pops out the window as well. And then yeah. it's broken. And well, this is the thing. So, again, this was one of the points where I was questioning. is like he's showing her a, a broken smoking tampad. It's like, is he really showing her that? Or mm. what are we looking at here? Is this just going to disappear in a second? I did think it was interesting. Obviously, he was drunk in the previous scene. Um, but he is way more reluctant to fight uh, as opposed to Sylvie, who's like, she immediately rips the crown off her head and starts stabbing people with it. And you're <laughs> like, okay, uh, two slightly different approaches to how they're going to get out of that situation. Um, but yeah, they they tumble out, and then obviously they have another walk to the next station where they make their plan that, you know, um, they've never had us on this train before. So if they do, they have a fighting chance of getting off this planet before, um, or getting off this moon uh, or planet moon before that planet or moon crashes into uh, into this one. Um, and again, a couple more zingers as they're in their conversation where he's like, I'm a god. And she's like, you're a clown. And I did, I did find that line uh, particularly <laughs> funny as well. Um, so in terms of them going along, this was one of the other moments where I was thinking, oh, could this all still be an illusion when she started to describe uh, her actual... Uh, the way that she uses this power and then because he's so intrigued he wants to know exactly mm. how she does it and she's talking about uh creating those um those fantasy worlds in their head and i was like oh yeah the big swing is feeling pretty solid here at the moment but then again obviously there are other things uh to take away for it but uh we eventually get this reveal in this conversation yes which feels like the big kind of holy shit moment of the episode. Yes. Whenever we find out, because uh, obviously we had suspected that Sylvie was going to be the reveal. It was, but we get this reveal about the TVA during this conversation. That young soldier from the TVA, her mind was messed up, everything clouded. I had to pull a memory from hundreds of years prior. 
before she even fought for them. What? What did you say? Before she joined the TVA? Yeah, she was just a regular person on Earth. A regular person? Loved margaritas. I was told that everyone who works at the TVA was created by the timekeepers. That's ridiculous. They're all variants, just like us. They don't know that. Yes, it, it turns out Owen Wilson loves uh, jet skis and has always loved jet skis yes. for an actual reason because it, it may be that he himself was a variant who in his own timeline just loved jet skis. He just loved them. And that's... that. So it turns out maybe everyone in the TVA up to a point, up to a point now, was a variant. Now... We know, because uh, Gugu and Batharot told us in an interview, that uh, Renslayer wasn't always a judge. She mm-hmm. began as a hunter, like like we see Sasha Lane's character and a few other characters. Yeah. So I'm thinking she has also been part of, like she was snatched uh, from being a variant and brainwashed into becoming part of the TVA. But I'd say everyone above her, who we haven't seen, is definitely uh, part of this nefarious plan that is taking uh, variants and turning them into TVA members, which is interesting. Because um, when Sylvie says she went into uh, Sasha Lane's memory, she like, I had to go hundreds of years back yes. to when she was drinking margaritas. But that seemed like it was... <laughs> Very modern. Now. Yeah. So... Oh, like the time travel stuff and the timeline stuff, it would, it'll turn your head to spaghetti. Like it's, it's like, how could it be hundred years ago if it was, if it seems to be very modern? So obviously she was snatched out of her time, like a long, long time ago, and has existed outside of time for that. Oh no, somebody needs you need it to gets, say something. I'm, I'm wrapping my own head in knots. It, it gets, it gets messy when you start to to break it down like that. But yeah, as you said, the key takeaway here is everybody is a variant or everybody up to a certain point is a variant anyway and again kind of goes back to some of the other uh big swings that we were talking about in previous episodes about owen wilson mobius potentially there's more than one mobius as well um and you know if there are variants there then of course that makes sense because obviously we're we're literally the whole story is about tracking multiple versions of tom hiddleston's characters we we saw them uh whenever they used the little the little holographic display before they went on their field mission in the previous episode um so obviously that's going to have massive repercussions you would imagine uh in the next well the final three episodes of the series they make their way then once they agree that like we're going to work together we're going to use this plan get on the arc and try and get off uh this place before it's completely destroyed uh and they end up in a place that looks kind of like it was like reminded me of madripoor and that's one of the things about this episode um like it obviously is a matter but it was just that same neon yeah kind of vibe and to it like the, in the um, colors what was the the city like jeff goldblum city from ragnarok oh in uh oh what was his planet sakar i think it was called something along those lines it had that it had a similar vibe to that as well yeah um Yellow, and it was all one from a certain point. It was all one, well, meant to be one tracking shot through yes. through the action as well. So that was very well cinematographed. Yeah, that's the word. Thank you. Well, you see, that was the thing because director Kate Heron, uh, who, who's responsible for this episode and the, the other episodes as well, um, it's a brilliant tracking shot as they run around getting from one place to the other. But it was only in the middle. And we've talked about this before, especially with Falcon and the Winter Soldier with some of the storylines. It was like, but why? 
okay, why are they running? They're running to get to the Ark and the place is falling apart because uh, the planet's about to crash into them. Okay, that's all fair enough. And then suddenly they're running through one place and there's a team of guards trying to attack them. And I was like, well, why are these guards attacking them? Because there's loads of people trying to get over towards the Ark and shouting or whatever. But obviously just for the sake of the story, it's like, no, these guys have like a, this is just another obstacle for them. So I felt a little bit, week there i was just mm. like, there's no need for the guards to be chasing them when the guards are probably like let whoever is coming on onto the train and then we're getting on the train as well as opposed to like we're going to get off the train and run after these guys and try and stop them over here um and then we get this insight into some more of loki's powers as we said using his jedi tricks yep. uh to rescue themselves and then this final brilliant shot of what appears to be i presume it's the arc getting destroyed was it the train getting destroyed it's, itself? The, it's a rocket uh, it's a huge like rocket that's meant to be shot up into space and get everyone off. Now, from from my perspective, it looked like the rocket was being shot up straight into the planet that's about to crash into them. So that's <laughs> that's its own problem. But yeah, we do see just as they're about to get to it, uh, a rogue asteroid hits it and blows it up. And yeah, the the defeat and uh, what's like the kind of resignation in the two of them just like kick. Uh, like we're in, we're in proper trouble now, and Loki's just left standing there staring, and uh, Sylvie just kind of strolls off. Yeah, and I was. It's such a great end to the episode. Now we have seen stuff in the trailer where I had like the from behind in the trailer as well. It kind of looked like um, Black Widow's hair, but now we know yes. it's 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 uh, Sylvie. Sylvie, and it's Sylvie and Loki are just sitting on what we now know is the the planet surface and the asteroids are hitting all around them and they're yeah. just they're just watching it kind of calmly. So I'm guessing that they're just about we'll see at the start of episode four that they'll have to be like, Well, I guess we gave it a good run, didn't we? And they're sat there and then all of a sudden Owen Wilson will open a little portal behind him and like, get off, I found you because I knew you were hiding in apocalypses. I had to go through so many apocalypses to find you guys. Get in here. Um, and that will be how four will start. But it is such a great uh, ending to this because it's a proper cliffhanger. You're like, you're screwed. Yeah, that was it. I love the cliffhanger because again, uh, and I think you kind of hinted at it uh, when we were chatting earlier, if this had been an illusion the entire time. I felt like we would have got the reveal at the end of this episode. That's yeah. when it would have felt like the most powerful moment for it to be revealed because there's no point in waiting for a full week and then, <laughs> then uh, it was an illusion. All and you're like, I've got no attachment to this. You know, you haven't, you've lost the momentum. Whereas, like, yeah, this this was the moment I was like, oh. I did a big swing and I did a big miss. I guess. Um, so never again. That's the last time I'm it's trying. Big swings. They're not for everyone. They're not for everybody. Listen, I just, <laughs> I begged off more than I could chew. Um, so what happened here, this cliffhanger at the end, I loved it as well, because as you said, you get uh, Loki looking up at the destruction um, in front of him. And all these things started popping in my head. It was right, of course. So this isn't Vormir as we had suspected before. That isn't Sylvie, or sorry, that isn't Black Widow uh, in the trailer. We think as well, because it obviously yep. looks like, uh, even whenever Sylvie walks away in that final scene of this episode, you're like, oh, that, that looks like Black Widow again. Yeah, yep. like straight away all the time. Um, So, yeah, overall, this episode uh, it definitely felt slower, as you said. A lot of conversation and character. But I thought it looked uh, amazing. Like, it yep. looked spectacular in places as well. And 
I guess they there has to be that element of well, the two of them need to discover more about each other um, in order to progress the story along. But it did feel, as you said, it did feel like there was a Mobius shaped hole here. Um, we were about to get Renslayer kicking somewhere. So, oh, that's not happening. And then no miss minutes either. I think the last moment of miss minutes we got was whenever they first crashed onto Lamentis. They said, "You're out of juice," and yep. then that's it. Um, so. Yeah, a definite shift in terms of everything that we've been focused on for these uh, for these first episodes too far. So I don't know, definitely the most beautiful episode, but maybe the weakest of the three. But it depends what you're into. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I think um, I think just because there's so many great supporting characters, then to have this whole episode rely just on the two of them, and as I said, spending too much time with people who are too similar can get a bit grating. Um. But yeah, the action scenes were good, and the revelations were good, and lots of talking points, and really does set up, and it it, ex- it explains a lot, and it's a necessary evil if you're going to have a show this complicated where you're going to have to just kind of stop and explain stuff. So I understand why, and I think off the back of this stuff going forward and stuff we've already seen will prove to be more interesting. Uh, but you know, learning isn't always fun. <laughs> you're like i did all my learning in school and past. i don't want to watch tv now um just to clarify completely um because that thing about lamentus is wrecking my head because i couldn't remember whether it was a moon or a planet and was right. the planet going on the moon so the line that they actually use because they said this is she says i'm on no why have you brought us here this is the worst apocalypse of all they said the moon that planet is about to crash into and destroy so they're on lamentus the moon that's what it is. Also, I find and, it difficult to believe that that's the worst apocalypse of all. <laughs> you can think of like, some other more horrific ones. Yeah, like that's I mean, just, you seem pretty it's just, chilled. It's just a moon. So, <laughs> shit, like, I think do, it the, do we the not know place. from like history that Thanos has killed more people than that? It actually. Now that you mentioned Thanos, there was a moment that reminded me of in is it Infinity War whenever he's fighting. The Avengers just before he 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 does the snap mm. and he actually he pulls yeah as you said like pulls a moon uh, and crushes it into whatever number of pieces brings it down onto onto Titan as well so there were little callbacks uh, to that as well but I think that's pretty much everything from uh, episode three of Loki yeah. Lamentus were there any any other bits that stood out? I think we've covered everything there no I think uh, let me just check notes, my notes the precious second. notes get yeah. the precious notes i, I, I had a look the, through the, 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 the yeah. <laughs> i had a look through the the foreign language dubbing section as well just to see <laughs> if there were any misnamed characters in there but it appeared that uh, there's a lot was fewer correctly. uh characters in this episode as well yeah so definitely uh now i think that's it i think yeah this this was the breather before they got back into the fray next week I, i'd read somewhere that's not got from my head but he said that everything gets turned on its head in the fourth episode so right okay i mean bring it on brilliant 100 percent. as you said you know we're, we're definitely going to see owen wilson back in it we're definitely mm. going to see miss minutes back in there that was Matthew raw as well that was something someone pointed out what, to me what, if you go what? onto the imdb page it says yeah. you know every like tom hiddleston loki six episodes blah blah Ooh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and it says owen wilson mobius six episodes which is either a lie or he was somewhere in this and we didn't see him. Interesting. I'll go back and have it because I rewatched the first two episodes again um, and before watching uh, episode three here and I was thinking uh, another one of the big swings that we were talking about previously, uh, that moment whenever 
Loki is watching his own death at the hands of Thanos, which he obviously hasn't experienced yet, but we have from watching the other MCU films. Um, and just whatever way they play that scene and whatever way Tom Hiddleston acts as well, I was like, oh, they definitely, that's a moment for him where he feels inspired to go back and do that thing that we said where he will assist uh, the Avengers uh, unknowingly uh, or unbeknownst to them mm. uh, throughout different times in history. But then whenever this episode popped, I was like, oh no, that's, that's probably <laughs> rubbish as well. They're going down a completely different path here. And then I was just saying, shut up, Owen. Stop coming up with stupid stuff. But listen, it's fun. I don't care. Uh, listen, swing away. <laughs> swing away. What's that? That's signed, isn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Swing away, Joaquin Phoenix. Well, listen, um, Roy, thanks a million for all of that. Uh, another only six more sleeps to go until the next episode of Loki. Oh, you think we'll um, be sleeping before then? I, I'm <laughs> up every night making notes, rewatching everything. You're so committed to the cause. Wow. Uh, but thank you for all of that. Uh, thank you to Sound Paul on Sound. Hopefully he's caught up with Loki at this point as well. And as ever, thank you to everybody uh, for listening and subscribing to the show. Thank you. Uh, well, hello to all our new subscribers as well. And I was thinking about it. Now that we know that, um, oh, what does it? Sylvie describes the TVA as omniscient fascists yeah. at one point uh, during the episode. So forget the TVA, stick with TBR. We'll look after you. <laughs> Right, I'm gonna. I I actually got a bottle of Figgy Port. If you want to come and get drunk with me, and we'll sing Asgardian folk songs. If you're up for it, only if you've got that that little cake thing that he had too. They pair real nice. A fridge full of it. Let's perfect. Do it. Okay. Right. See ya. Bye.